0: Hi, my name is Kevin Nichols. Hi, my name is Kingsley Black.
1: Hi, my
0: name's Rebecca Lowe.
1: Hi, my name's Tony Thorpe. My name's Graham Alexander. I'm David
2: Oldfield. Hi, my name's Steve Davis. My name's Carl Emerson. Hey, it's Emerson Boyce here. Hi, my name's Steven Robinson. My name is Andy Kiwomia. And you're listening to my best and you are listening to my best to my best eleven podcast. And you're listening to
1: my best eleven podcast.
0: Welcome to my best 11 podcast today we have um, a Bedford born local lad to a lot of Luton fans especially um, drinking his red wine um, just before he's, he's made his team um, and we have Rob Johnson on ex-Luton Lincoln Leicester and finished his career up with a couple of games at Barnet um, but spent most of his time at Luton. Um, how are you Rob? I'm great,
1: Andrew. Thank you. And uh, thanks for inviting me on. It's uh, it's a great pleasure and a great honour to be talking
0: to both of you tonight. Fantastic. Oh, 100% from my end. And Marv, how are you, Marvin?
2: Yes, I'm very good. Thank you, Andrew. And it's the first time we've got, um, well, I've got family on, on this podcast. Um, (laughs) Rob, a brother from another mother, as they say. So um, it's pretty good.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So um, those people haven't listened to the podcast before, what we get is rob to go through his formation then pick the best 11 players who has ever set foot on a park with um, or pitch with and then finish it off with his best manager or the manager he feels would be the best ones to manage this group of 11 so we throw rob in straight at the deep end what formation are you going for rob and why
1: well i when we when we were, when i first joined Luton, uh, the team naturally seems to play 433 and it's although probably as a schoolboy, i'd always played four four two. That 2 that seemed to be the, the normal formation for most english at Luton we did have four three three. and every time we played 4-4-2 it felt very robotic for so many of the players because a lot of the players were a lot of flair players they liked to be able to move and move away from their positions and check make different angles so my, my uh, formation would be
0: 4-3-3. Fantastic. Excellent. So sticking to the good old Luton way back in, back in the 80s. Back so in starting the- off, goal ke- <laughs> goalkeepers. Okay. You've got to pick well, one. I know you're being a defender. Uh-huh. This might be one of the harder ones to pick or easier. Well, I, I have to say I
1: had uh, so many great goalkeepers behind me playing and, uh, and it was very hard to pick one. Um, you can have honourable mentions. Well, the, the honourable mentions will go to, you know, Bibs, Millie Alexic, and, and Jake Finn. Jake joined the club. Uh, Millie was the, the first team goalkeeper, and I joined. And uh, Millie was just this this fan. All the apprentices just loved him. His style, he was everything about him. He came in, he exuded confidence, and he was the nicest man. You'd ever meet. He was so nice to everybody, and uh, always had a smile on his face. And I remember um, David Pleet, the manager. He, he w- wanted a different type of keeper. He wanted somebody who would come and take crosses more. And he kind of he wasn't keen on Amelia, but you know Amelia didn't you know didn't get the hump, didn't do anything bad at all. You know didn't show any disrespect to the manager. Just kept on plowing away, even though he knew David in his half past didn't really want him there. And uh, David signed Jake. And I always remember the first morning that Jake walked in. He was very nervous, coming from Aston Villa Reserves. Nobody had really heard of him. And uh, he walked in. Amelia looked at him, big smile on his face, went up to him, shook his hand, welcomed him in, and then started singing, you say hello and I say goodbye. He <laughs> was just... He was just class. And he there was... It was great. I mean, I think I think Mili probably knew he was moving to Tottenham as well. Maybe that's why he was in such a good mood. But um, but Mili was a, a great lad, and obviously Dibbs played played in the cup final. You know, great lad. But I have to pick this man. He he came from Coventry. Um, he used to give me earache and everybody else earache. He used to assault the goal the goalposts every game. Um, very nervous before most games, in fact, and shouting all the time uh really that was that was to kind of hide his his kind of nervousness his fear his fear of failure so uh but let's let's say yeah my, my, yes let yes. sure les Leslie. he was uh sadly no longer with us and um mm. but uh les, les was a was a real character and he, he kind of lived up to his character as well on the pitch he, i think he he realized the crowd bought into this character and he kind of played up to it even okay. more but I think it, it, it helped him play it helped him play and uh, and uh and he he did he did a lot of uh fantastic things he he was one of the first goalkeepers really to dribble out of the box with the ball did, did it worry you because
0: he was on the first keepers who did that was it a bit kind of um or was he instructed by Pleaty to do it or was it just natural
1: no nah, he, he did it he did it all off his own back I don't remember anybody telling him to do it. He started doing he had this comfort he had this confidence that he could ping it and put it on Mick's head or put it into a good area for us. And um and I think he, I think as well Angie I think really deep down I think he liked to be a bit more involved in the game and I think he <laughs> you know he liked, he liked the you know the the crowd to be looking at him a little bit more than they were. So I think some of his show, showmanship and plus of this this dribbling out the box was was something he he Kind of like because it kind of drew more attention <laughs> in a nice
0: way. yeah, yeah, in a, in a nice way. In a nice way, and you say he got a little bit nervous, I and mean, he never came across as that, um, that type of person. Was, a, I don't know was it was Harvey he the type he person that was thrown up in the um, in a dressing room really. before a game that extreme? Sometimes regular. Re- regular, regular,
2: really? He was, yeah, yeah, I think it was yeah, his yes. his, talk, yeah. his talking, he kept constantly talking. I think that's why people probably didn't think he was as nervous, but maybe that's a sign of him being nervous that he couldn't shut up. Throwing up in the spoon,
0: he was sometimes sick in the gap before
1: the games, physically. Wow. Yeah, he was, he was. Then I I think Mark was dead right there. He he used to, uh, I think he used to overcome his fear by just being loud and talking and shouting and kicking things. And it was a way of trying to get his adrenaline, you know, pumping even more if that was possible. But I think it was to overcome the, the nerves. He, he was, he, he, you know, he, he could look like quite a surly person sometimes. I, mem- I remember seeing him being interviewed for Coventry when he was a young keeper there and he'd not played a particularly good game. And he's been interviewing, he slouching down in his face. He wasn't looking at the camera, he, you know, just completely as if he wasn't being interviewed. But that, that, was, that was him. He, he, he was disappointed in himself. And I think that's, he, he was determined that wasn't going to happen. When, when he was, you know, again when he got older, so I, I think he, he kind of found this way of winding himself up, and it sort of, uh, it, 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 you certainly knew where he was. Anyway, let's put it that way. You, you were never in any doubt. How many times are you cleaned up by him? Uh, no, no, not very often. Because actually, actually, yeah. I mean, he he, he made so much noise; you knew he was coming. Um, <laughs> he just got out of the way <laughs> he, rather than letting him. Take yeah, you yeah, out. yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, he was, uh, yeah, You, he, he made you very sure about where the goal was, where he was, what he wanted you to do as well. He left you in no doubt with that. So, uh, yeah, for that, Great. and for that reason, you know, I I think, you know, as Marvin knows, you know, when the game's going, it's, sometimes you become disorientated. What's going to happen? Somebody shouting at you loudly, it sometimes gets you back into the right position.
2: I remember one, I've, actually, it might have been my debut when we, put, we played at, um, Plough Lane, Wimbledon, I was at the near. <laughs> Good place to make your debut, wasn't it? Hey? <laughs> Good place to make your debut, that, mate. I know. I was at the near post and the board had come in and literally, you know, because he was so loud, he shouted keepers. Yeah. And the, I think one of the worst things what to do. I thought, like, then, look, was going to hit it and then left it at the last minute. And so, obviously, it's like yeah, yeah. he's powered it. And like, it's got a, like going like mental as he does. And I'm thinking, hold on a minute. You just shouted keepers. But, you just uh, shake. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking, but like, you didn't expect me to leave it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and I obviously learned as I got old, I means fuzzy and obviously playing along with yourselves. is like, if you've stepped ahead of the ball, and even though the keeper's shouting, yeah. it, it's too late. So just clear it. Just, because obviously he's not going to be prepared no. for your last minute duck.
1: No, no. Mm. No, I, can ima- I can imagine you would have blamed stuff. you for
2: that Have yeah. <laughs> did, did you play that game, Rob? You I think I was, game? mate. I
1: think I was. You, I, you mean, remember I, remember, the- I remember you playing at, at Liverpool early on.
2: Yes, when we, when we won after, after the club. That fight. was afterwards, yeah. but, but the Wimbledon the yeah. game was my first league debut game. And I I'm sure i I did, I did play. I did I, play. Yeah. I dribb- I dribbled yeah, and lost black, the ball black, black. and I scored. And they scored. They dribbled. As my first, they, I dribbled out, trying to dribble, and they. That's right. Got yeah, 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 yeah. Remember it now. Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, yeah, glad so you right reminded me, mate. <laughs> I mean, and, but but you know what, Rob? Listen, listen. It wasn't my last game, so I had many more games after that. So I couldn't have been that bad.
1: my you 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 always exuded confidence, mate, and uh, and that was. I mean, that was your game. You didn't mind trying taking chances.
0: So we move on to defence, yep. and this is where we see if Marv has made it in with with his flair. Oh, no, defence. So wherever you, yeah. wherever you like, yeah, well, I, whichever one you prefer across the back four. Well,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with the right back. I'll, I'll have an honourable mention. I'm not going to put myself in the team today. Uh, I, I would like to have played in this team, but I, I'm going to put some people who are in front of me. I think. I mean, Kirk Stevens was a was a great fullback for me. He was so strong and quick and you know he, he he had two pretty dodgy knees but it, it never hindered him a bit you wouldn't have known it. he was out for a, a little while with them not not a few weeks um I remember both the injuries he got but um he, he never needed surgery which was quite surprising but he played he just played on his whole career and uh but he was such a you know confident player strong player great in the air loved going forward pinged the ball his beautiful right foot so he he gets a definite honourable mention. He was very close. I I have to go with this chap who was uh came through the ranks as we did. Um, a, a great athlete. Um, went on to to play for West Ham. Played lots of games. Scored a fantastic goal for Luke to keep them up after a left I like,
0: Yeah,
1: it's an easy one for you. I don't know. Tim Breaker. Can't think of yes. been Freak, me anyway. for me was Freaks for me was you know we used to we used to call him. Uh, Juracel, didn't we? He? he was just up yeah. and down, up and down all the time. He was just so full of energy and, uh, you know, a quiet man, a very, very uh, humble man in lots of ways. And yeah. but such a such a good player, such a good player.
0: Good club man. Yeah, well. yeah. you mentioned that, um, uh, you mentioned kind of he's a Duracell, up, down, up, down. Is that something you yeah. felt for yourself that was one of your strengths? Or what do you say was your strength as a right back? Was it up, down, up, down? Was it the agility? Was it defending, the attacking, the passing? What was it?
1: I could. I, I, I. think my my biggest strength is my defending. I could defend. I. I knew where to be most of the time. Um, I love to. I. I like tackling. I love tackling. And. And I did like. I did like going forward. Um. Uh. I wasn't as as attack minded as Tim, but I certainly you know wasn't shy about going forward. But um. I think uh, for me it was more about. I mean John Moore. I saw John Moore last year um, when I was at Luton, and he just said you had a you know football brain that put you in the right position. You read the game really well and that's, that's what kind of, I think, got me to the level I got to because I could read the game and I could get myself in the right position and stop the better players from scoring goals some of the time. No, anyway.
2: I mean, as much as you've got other attributes, Rob, that was a big thing for me coming through. David Coates, do you remember David Coates? Obviously, you must do. He said, yeah, watch yeah. Rob yeah. Johnson, Best one-on-one defender in the club. It's one of them at the club, I should have heard out. Watch him, watch him, watch him. Coates, he was uh, all, all like funny. He was,
1: was a great judge, Mark.
2: No, but he, he was right. No, he was right. <laughs> he, he had the, you had this, because you had this way where, like, you know sometimes when players were running at you and the really skillful for one doing the old body spurs and they go one way and then as you turn, it's like they turn you the other way and normally people turn their back. You never turned your back. You seem to have your footing right, where you can just shift it onto the other left foot and then shift it to your right foot. So you never turned your back to play against the actual um, forward running at you. Um, it wasn't art because I've watched many a time, some of my old game and I'm thinking, I'm turning away there. i am turning away. I've turned away. What are you doing, Mark? So you, you weren't listening to him then, Mark? I was, but at the end of the day, when you've got someone like Peter <laughs> running at you, it's a little bit difficult oh, no. when someone with a yeah, yeah, is it. trying to concentrate. No, but you've got Cozy in the back of your head.
1: Yeah, you're right about Cozy. Cozy was the best uh, uh, analyst of a game I'd ever met. He could he could tell you every single thing that every player had done on that pitch. He could just yeah. go through it, and where he where he'd been in the right position to start with, what he'd done right, what he hadn't done right. Yeah, he was, he was incredible. He was, and he was such a great coach. Every session with him was so enjoyed, so enjoyable. And you learn, you learn from him every time. Yeah, yeah. He, he could point out where you should have been, what you should have done there. Oh, he was, yeah, he was top draw. That's probably why, I mean, he was a, a big reason why the, the, the side that won the old division two championship was such a great attacking side. David Ple obviously was, you know, he he wanted an attack, but really, I mean, he loved it. He could really he could really talk talk the game for the players and how where they should be and passing the ball to the right foot to right foot, left foot to left foot. Fantastic. Left back. Who's got your left back spot? Okay. So uh, I I'm gonna go for another local boy. So but an honourable mention must go to Mark Hazelwood, who was the left back when I first, he joined, I think, probably just about six months before I did. He was only two years older than me, but he was, oh, he was six foot three. He was a massive, he was a man at 19, he was huge. But he had this left foot that he could ping a ball from one side of the pitch to the other without, with one step. And he just was incredible. Um, and he was, uh, he was a player that when I looked at, I just, I, I couldn't believe what he could do with his left. Foot. Yeah, he, he was, he was a real artist. But um, I've got I've gone for somebody slightly more, well, yeah, physical I would say. But he was you know a, a lad who came through through the ranks as well, who's you know did remarkably well in his career, and he brought something to Luton. I think I think he brought you know this this physicalness, this uh, going forward, um, confidence, um, cocky even. But he was he, he, and he and uh, he, he went on to he went on to play for Tottenham, he played for Burnley, played a lot of games. And uh, Mitchell, lovely, it? <laughs> as well. yeah. yeah, Mitchell Thomas, yeah, the, yeah. The, the modest Mitchell Thomas, fantastic. Uh, it, um, yeah, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch was somebody. Mick Harford, uh, I always remember Mick um, saying that some games, when he couldn't get into the game and the game was going away from us, and sometimes he'd look at Mitchell. Mitchell would suddenly just come and I, I won't say he kind of. Uh, put his foot in, but he certainly put his foot through a few people. And Mick it sometimes just used to wind Mick up, and Mick said it, he loved it because it got him going. Mitchell suddenly made the game alive again. For him. And Mitchell would do it in a way that was, I don't know. I, I don't think I ever saw Mitchell look like he was going to do anything intentional at all. He just right.
0: did it naturally. Yeah. What was it about? I, was it about getting the crowd up as well? Then the crowd suddenly got up if you yeah if you it, go for it, a few it, it, players, obviously if he was playing left back and it was down on particularly on the main stand section as well, with all those fans watching yeah, well, right it, up
1: I, I, I think Andrew, you know you know Mitchell did it at home a lot, but I, I think it was when we were away from home. I remember we were at Everton, and he got i mean Everton, the ground is so tight, and the fans mm-hmm. there they are yeah they're really at you i mean they they really do dislike <laughs> you the, the opposition is disliked there. And I remember Mitchell getting wound in, I think it was Trevor Stevens. And then after that, he went into Gary Steve and the crowd. It must have been, and Mitchell, it didn't it didn't, it didn't faze him.
0: No, he's a big boy.
1: But, <laughs> oh, he's a big boy, but <laughs> when you got 10,000 Scousers yep. about three meters away, it's pretty scary. And afterwards he said, yeah, he, he was a bit worried, but he, you know, he just went straight through these people. And And to be fair, when you went to Everton, it was a it was a challenging place. I think it was the hardest place to go to at that time. I mean, Ricky got his leg broken there just before the uh, the cup. Um, Peter Reed went through him on that left side. I was playing the game, and uh, Ricky got stretched off. And the the ambulance people just said to Rick, "Well, since we're beating you one 0 we'll we'll take you home." I mean, that was there. It was a it was a tough place to go. I, I don't think we even got a free kick for that either. So it was a tough. Mitchell Mitchell was a yeah, he was. I'd always want Mitchell on my side. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> was he defender's defender then, or because I don't know he, he struck me as somebody a bit, a bit like kind of Tim as well. Somebody's who got the agility, up down, up down all the time. Or was yeah, that just? He had a great engine. He had a great <laughs> engine, but
1: he was he, he was a he was a physical man as well. He, he put his foot in. He put his foot in. Where was his I best mean, position?
0: You played him. At, you put him at left back in your team. Yeah, but he played well. You know him really well, Mark. He played centre back yeah, as well. Mean, could play right back. He, he could play defence. That defensive yeah. holding, didn't think, he? at The back end of his career.
2: Yeah, when he well, when he went to, he was he came back to Luton and then he went to Burnley, Burnley again. Yeah, and I think um, Stan Tennant played him as a centre centre back. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was, he was, was Steve. Out,
1: Huh? He wouldn't be quick enough to play left back when he was getting on.
2: No, no. He's but he was like you said aggressive, strong, and he and he was comfortable in the ball. Very comfortable in the yeah. ball. But you would like you'd have the ball like I mean yeah two y- like two yards from you. Just give me air, just give me air, just give me air. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. You know what I mean he, he was yeah, he was super confident, wasn't he? Always super yeah. comfortable with the ball. And he and he just had that he, he just had that um that partnership with Brian almost, it's funny to have a left back and a centre forward who had a, a, such a great partnership, but they did. Mitchell would always be looking for Brian. He'd always be looking for yeah. him. And, and he played the ball into him just right. And like you say, he did. He, he was, he was skillful on the ball. And yeah, Andrew, perhaps I'm doing Mitchell Mitch disservice there because Marv's right. He was so, com- he was, he was so comfortable on the ball. He really was. He wanted the ball. Yeah. I, I, lo- I i I love just to see him, but he's pretty, I really like, but you no, Marv's right. He was, he was, he was a talented player. Oh, had, fan- real- Fantastic. So
0: centre backs. Okay. Well, should we just, should we just all guess one now? Can we guess one now?
2: Yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. You can
1: guess both of them for me because I played with both of <laughs> them and uh, I, I just don't think uh, you, you go, you know, th- these, these, this pairing were, 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 were they a great pairing. Contrasting characters, um, and one one used to just laugh at the other one the whole time, and and I I I roomed with one of them, and he would just tell me, uh, he just loves the other centre half because all he wants to do is have fun, good time, and uh, and, and yeah, so but they you know pretty pretty uh, pretty different characters in lots of ways, but uh, they and they they, they actually complemented each other brilliantly. Yeah, Steve Steve Foster one. Yeah,
0: is that the one you roomed with, Rob? No, 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 it's the other one.
1: The other, the other one was uh, the other one went oh. to the World Cup. He, he international played, played for Man United, yeah. played for Chelsea. See your
0: room with, see your room with Maldoni.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mal Mal, 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 kind of get, got me a, gave me a bit of an education on uh, Northern Ireland, really, and stuff. I used to ask him questions about why, what's wrong with all you lot over there? Why are you always fighting? And. Uh, <laughs> He, he, he gently tried to, I mean, I don't know how he didn't lump me, really, because my ignorance of the situation was was incredible. But he um, he, he, to, he told me a few little stories about things earlier in a very, very, you know, gentle and, and quiet way. But uh, I, many years later, I kind of read up a bit more. We actually went over there um, when I was 16. We went to Belfast at a height of the Troubles, Luton Town. Um, Mao had been signed, and part of the agreement, I think, was to go over there and play Mao's old team in a, in a game. We, we played a few games, and uh, we stayed in this beautiful hotel on the outskirts of Belfast. And, uh, you know, a group of lads, we want to go out one night, and uh, so we asked the people at the hotel where there was a pub because we, we felt we were in the middle of nowhere. We weren't staying in the middle of Belfast because we'd seen lots of soldiers and there were bombs, and all. so they told us, Oh, yeah, there's this nice pub just down the road in the middle of you know, it's countryside. So we walked down this country lane. There's no houses. And all you could hear was this drumming on the hills. Just drumming, going continuously. It must have taken us half an hour to get to this pub. And in that time, we'd seen nobody. Zero. Nothing. Not a house. Not a car. Nothing. Just this old, dusty lane through all this beautiful countryside. Suddenly we get to this big pub. No cars outside. Nothing. It's lovely. Still hear this drumming. And we walk into this pub. Fifteen lads. And... It was absolutely heaving. It's just incredible. And when we walked in, it was just like a film. They all stopped talking and everybody, there must have been about 70 people in this. meeting, turned around to look at it. And I thought, Jesus, we're dead. I was only 17. What have we done? And they looked at us and then one of, our, one of the lads just sort of said, oh, is it all right for us to come in? You know, And he had the good, <laughs> good nails to actually say, look, we're Luton Town players. We've come for a drink. Oh! Oh, look, oh great coming. they thought we were catholics and they thought we'd come for trouble the drumming was the orangeman it was the orangeman celebration they had they had about 12 drummers all on these hills for miles around just drumming continuously drumming never seen anything like it you would never have thought you're in you know you're in the uk or britain or northern ireland where, where, wherever we are now wow that would be pretty worrying to do um was what mal there no, because Mel, Mal, when we went back, Mel went to stay with his family. So <laughs> you know, we, 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 were just, we were just all these English and Scottish guys walking into this pub, completely oblivious, you know, to, to what was going on. And this orange parade, we had no idea what that meant. And Mel sat at home eating his mum's roast. Of course he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he could have lost his whole, he could have lost his whole team on that first trip.
2: <laughs> I, I <laughs> Great story. Go back, back to what you just said. It was, you roomed with him i remember now yeah. being very quiet didn't hardly yeah. didn't say a word really no. and was very quiet
1: so marv you know for the, the amount of games he played and the places he played man united and, and flipping chelsea and northern Ireland at world cups and he was so quiet you know and and he, he loved fozzy i i you know he, he just he just thought fozzy was so funny when Fozzie would shout at me, which is quite often, as and as you, we, we all got it. But, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd be moaning and complaining about it. And I would say, Rob, chill. Fozzie's, Fozzie just wants you to do this. And Fozzie's just here for fun. You know, he just wants to have some fun. You know, Fozzie took his football seriously, obviously. But um, yeah. he was all about fun. He's all about taking the mickey. He's all about doing... Th- I mean, you know, he, he set quite a few of those... Uh, initiations things that we, we got we had to get up to, or you had to get up to I don't
2: know if you had to do it, did you? Well, the, the, the Christmas ones?
0: Yeah yeah. Did you do it? What was your, what was your song, Rob? What was your song? I, no, 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 Andrew, I didn't have to do it
1: <laughs> I was too old When Fozzie came, it was just the apprentices that had to do it
0: ah, Right, so you never had to do any initiations no. or anything?
1: No, I, I just had to sit, I, I could sit there, I was a pro I could, I could sit there and just lap it up so, Fozzie was but
0: the was,
2: one who brought it, was he? He was the one who brought it, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I honestly thought it was something which had gone the tradition of from loot, and everyone did it as an apprentice from no, way, way back.
1: No, no, no Fozzie, Fozzie brought that in. And and uh, I mean, Sean Farrell was the only one who, when he turned pro, still wanted to do it.
2: <laughs> George Michael, didn't
1: he? He loved the welly boots, didn't he?
2: <laughs> That's oh. great.
0: That's fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so what we can do is we're gonna pause there, um, and then we'll okay. for a ad from our sponsor, and then when we come back, we'll hear from the rest of Rob Johnson's My Best Eleven team.
2: Thank you for listening to My Best Eleven Pod. We are currently accepting applications for advertisement and sponsorships. You can reach us at. My best 11 pod or MyBest11Pod at gmail.com. Thank you.
0: Great. Welcome back to part two of My Best 11 with Rob Johnson. So far, Rob has picked Les Seeley, Tim Breaker, Mitchell Thomas, Mal Donaghy and Steve Foster. Uh, Rob's gone for a 4-3-3. So wherever you like across the midfield free, Rob, you can get going again.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll start off on the right because... Uh... And again, this won't be a difficult one to get. Um, you know, it, prob- probably the, the the best player that I certainly played with. And uh, if I if I think about the players I played against who I thought were just like, I mean, I played against Kenny Dalblish or Glenn Hoddle or even Ray Wilkins, you know, was, was such a great pass for the ball. Um, but this man, you know, he had two great feet. Uh, he could beat people, he could head it. He could score goals, although he should have scored a lot more. I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying that because his ability was incredible. Um, and he was the, I think he, he made the 4 3 3 work at Luton because he never stayed on the right side that much. He was a great defender for any fullback that was playing with him, but he just wandered and he wandered all over the pitch. He'd end up on the left wing, he'd end up sort of like inside left, he'd, he'd end up center forward. And Invariably, he could just—he would just move the other the opposition around, and he would just pop up, get the ball, and and start the 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 move from there wherever he was. So, and uh, and, and and you know, a big body, strong man, and uh, you know, a great, great teammate, and uh, yeah, it's
2: and, and international. I think
1: played forty games for England. Hmm?
2: Yeah, it's, it's fantastic that you say that, Rob, because the he, he says that himself. Literally, he says, "I didn't stay on the right." He goes. I was like, I had the fortune no. of like, baby, please just let me do what I, or go and do what I wanted because I was creating stuff and I was making things happen. So it's like you just said there, he said like, he goes, Marv, I didn't stay on the right. He goes, I just yeah. like. Marv,
1: Marv it's, you know, it's, when you say, when you say that it makes me think of something else as well. Like I said to Andrew earlier about Les, you know, dribbling out with the ball. And no manager told him to do that. And no manager told Ricky to do that. And I, and today I, I find it incredible that everything is so, it seems like everything is so robotic in not, mm-hmm. not I don't mean this to, um, in, in a bad way to the players today, because the players today are fantastic, obviously. But it's the, their reliance on the coaches to actually tell them what to do for every single thing is incredible because ricky would do this and i don't ever remember david Pleet saying to rick rick you know you wandered off over there and suddenly the ball broke down and they broke down There, right he never thought about it because well no the, no the pluses that you bring to the side doing that far outweigh the negatives and the same with this. no i don't remember anybody saying this stop doing that stop doing that you know it's, you know and, th- and those players they, they saw something that they could bring to the team our our particular team and our particular uh, formation, and and they started to do it, and it started happening almost organically, naturally. So, for those people who haven't
0: caught on, we're talking about Ricky Hill, by the way. Yes, for those people who haven't cottoned on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. See yeah, yeah. yeah. um, so yes. earlier on so it, before we before we started, he was the, he was the best he was best dressed as well. Before we start recording, we're actually talking, and you you two are going down a bit of memory lane, talking about the Guinness uh, five-a-side and Um, six-a-sides. Just to go on, we've spoken lots about Ricky on this podcast. What was Ricky like uh, in those games? Did he get involved in those games? And did that allow him to... Because, I mean, that that type of tight environment generally makes those players look even better. I mean, we used to play five-a-sides at Stopsea, didn't
2: we? Yeah, we used to do... But I mean, going back to Andrew's question, I, I, some of the footage, I didn't see Ricky on there. I'm not sure if he was injured because, I mean, I, I, like I don't
1: said- I don't I don't think I don't think he did play in those, Andrew. I don't think. He OK, did. Um, it's funny. I, he was- um, I, I I I played in three or four
2: of them and I don't remember Rick being there. Um, no, I, I, I don't think he didn't, didn't think he didn't he, he did not play in the ones I have played in. And I mean that's just why, I mean yeah. sometimes I might have thought, was he injured? Because he has he has that ability, like you said, Andrew, to be in those sort of like tight spaces, tight, and yeah. To accept the ball yeah, and- yeah. So when we, he played he up Stopsley, a- you could see it that- there
0: though. Yeah. When he played at Stopsley, you could see him there when he played at your father's sides and Yeah,
2: yeah. He would
1: have he would have been he would have been tremendous there, but uh, no he didn't I don't I can't I can't remember Rick being there at all, Marv. No.
2: He didn't no he didn't. He didn't. Oh, you know? interesting
0: yeah. interesting interesting so moving on to next player up next to ricky if ricky's got the flair you got to have one defensively minded player in there surely yeah uh,
1: yeah I know. I know i know i'm i'm gonna get this 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 is a you know great captain and uh uh a, a man that um demanded uh respects demanded you do the right thing he, he had the Hardest stare of any football I've ever known. If you <laughs> didn't give him the ball. He just stared at you, and you, you kind of thought he was going to look away in a second. You, you're hoping it, you kind of could see him still staring at you from the periphery of your vision, and you're thinking he's going to turn around and leave me alone, isn't he? But he—he he wanted to make a point. You hadn't given me the ball when I asked for it. And um, but he was, uh, yeah, he was—he was a great captain, and um, I didn't have uh, many games with him, unfortunately. But uh, those I did. You, you kind of knew. And I think him playing in front of Fozzie and Mal, although he wasn't ideally suited to play in front of how Fozzie would like something, Fozzie would like a, a John Terry. He liked like a McAuley in front of him, like a Peter Nicholas. He wanted somebody to set, sit there and break everything up. But this man could do this as well, but he could also pass. And he was a, he was a great footballer. He, he, he played at Port Vale. He Brian went on to be a manager. Yeah. Brian Orton. Yeah, Brian Orton. And, yeah. and,
2: when, and when you were speaking and I started laughing was because, I mean, Ricky was on a couple of weeks ago. When you said about the stare, I knew then because uh, Ricky did the same thing. He goes, he had this stare where he just look at you and not say so <laughs> much,
1: just stare at you. And you know the game's going on, and he's still staring at you. And then when, <laughs> if he got involved in the game again, he'd then come back to you with a stare, and it was just yeah. amazing. You you could feel it, and you thought, oh, for God's sake, you know. Hopefully you'll forget about it in a minute, but you never did. And, um, but he was, and that was in training too. That was in training too. He would just you give me the ball. If I, if you gave it away and you hadn't given it to him, you could, you yeah.
2: Could and, then, and, the then he would,
1: and then he would start on at you. Why did you do that? That wasn't an easy ball. Why didn't you give it to me? And, you know, he, he, he didn't want an answer. He just wanted to keep right. telling you, <laughs> you've done the wrong thing. But no, he was he was a great leader, a great leader. And I think with him and Fozzie in in, in that team, you know, you got to, you know, we always talked about that strong spine when we. But um, yeah, they, those two are pretty uh, yeah, pretty immovable objects. And, yeah, uh, definitely. And, and you know, Fozzy, a talented player, he so could play, and he could, and he, you know,
0: quicker than people gave him credit. So Brian obviously went on to manage a few teams. Is that something that? Um, you could see him doing and when you're in a dressing room can you tell those who will go on to management and those who won't
1: yeah yes and no really I I, I think I think it was uh I think it was obvious. I mean like Steve Foster you know would would have the natural you'd think he'd have this natural leadership the natural leadership qualities but the other side of him like I said with Mal he always wanted to have fun and and Ray Harford made Fuzzy. uh uh Sort of uh, play a player coach you remember marv yeah i do remember that yes i do and, i do and all fozzy wanted to do then was do shooting practice because <laughs> that was fun and and uh and he couldn't really be bothered to set it up properly and uh he just wanted you to go let's we'll do some shooting practice then and that's that's what he ended up doing and uh that was the sum of his coaching because he didn't what he, he just wanted it to be funny he didn't want to be stopping and starting so yeah, Andrew, there, there were I think Brian Horton was definitely somebody you could see going into management, and I think that's true. you can see. It. I think you can see people who would become coaches and and, uh, and like Mal, Mal. again, I don't I didn't think Mal was ever you know tempted or you know even thought about it because I don't think it was something that he wanted to do. He loved playing. that was it. Um, I mean he's's involved, been involved in football, but I don't think he ever thought about being a manager, but I think Brian Horton was one of those naturally. Um, you know, Danny Wilson had a good career as a manager as well later on. So, and I, and I, I think I could see it in Danny as well. And I know yeah. Precious... what, about, what about yourself? I know I know
0: we're going to get into a bit, little bit later about what you're doing these days. What about yourself? Did you ever fancy mm. going into management or, or?
1: I did. I did
0: a little bit of. I was player coach at Hitchin uh,
1: uh, when I sort of came out of the leagues for for a season, which I really, really enjoyed. I loved it. I really enjoyed. Um, and. There was a chance I was a I was a physio chef a Wednesday and Ricky had got the manager's job and and there was a chance for me coming down as a coach and I I sort of I was I was tempted but it obviously it wasn't something that I really wanted I mean some some part of me now looks back and says oh yeah maybe I should have done that but uh, it, it wasn't a burning desire it wasn't like I always wanted to be a footballer there was no doubt about it. but coach manager I don't know I I it it, it I think it's either. There with you, or it's not, and it, I don't think it really was strong enough for me to, mm. to want to make the sacrifices that you, you have to make. Because you know, managers and coaches, they, you know, their their lives, you know, blurred really. They're, they're, everything gets taken on. Uh, I think sometimes, just, always,
2: uh, sometimes you just fall into it, Rob. Sometimes because I didn't. I'm sure, I'm sure you know, that's was, true, mate. I'm sure I was never looking sure. to be a manager, and it and the opportunity arose for me at, be it non-league, St. Nia's. I mean, I never thought of being imagined. And someone out of the blue said, hey, look, there's a manager's job at this place, um, St. Nia's, just out in the, um, the countryside. Would you be interested? And I went, yeah, I mean, I talked to the chairman, and the chairman was a lovely guy. I, mean, I, I think I took the job more because of the chairman. Is the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he, yeah. he was just such a nice guy. And he had this new like, stadium where they had sprinklers that come out of the, uh, to wet them. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, but yeah, the,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: The non league setup, it was like, wow. you I mean, it was yeah, really, yeah. really good. And I got on really well with, it, with the chairman. But then, literally, six months, not even that, three months into the job, he, he left. And then when the new people come on board, it was just wasn't the same as it no. as it wasn't, you know, and things sort of like went downhill from there.
0: Yeah. Oh interesting. Interesting. So anyway, move across to the other central midfielder next to Ricky and Brian Rob. Well, we we we're not we're not got central, we've got a left side midfielder because we're only
1: playing three. So I wasn't sure if they were playing tight or or why? Oh, no. Well, I'll, oh, I'll, why? They, they, they're, they're kind of, they, as I said, Ricky's going to wander. So nobody's going to hold that middle. And on the left side, we, we're going to have a, a player that uh, he, he made the game look easy. Um, I, I had a few people here that um, that I, I had down for this position, but uh, I, I played with this this uh, this man the most. And, uh, and he, he made the game look easy. I never saw him dispossessed. Had such a sweet left foot. Um, he never seemed to be flustered. Uh, he played a lot of games for Luton, and um, and uh, he, he came from a, a a little club in Birmingham. Walsall? He always used to like to, huh?
2: Walsall, was it Walsall? Yes, yeah,
1: this little club that he always used to talk about. I'm going back there, it's too much pressure here. I'm going back there, just <laughs> in away. but uh, no, he was a, he was a not sad, sadly, another person who's who's no longer with us, yeah. Great, a great, but what a what a play the games, you know, just could play the game. He knew the game. And whatever was happening on the game, he he sort of knew what to do and where to be. never saw him flustered on the pitch. Yeah.
2: David Priest, mini. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I have to say I have to give some honorable mentions to the people who didn't get into this midfield because you know, Alan West was just a tremendous player, a tremendous person and a tremendous player. And I, I spent a few... He was there for a few years when I first joined. And he was just brilliant. He just could control the game and so much confidence on the ball. And just... David Coates loved him. He was the, he was the midfield player. Coates, he used to just, you know, just... He just used to go crazy about Westy, what Westy could do, Westy this, Westy that. And he was right. Westy was just a tremendous player. And of course, Radian Teach, who yeah. technically... Was was fantastic. Just a fantastic player, a lovely man as well. And again, as I say, Mil- Mil- alexic as well. Yeah, sadly, Kingsley. But uh, we're uh, not we're, 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 we're not we're not quite, quite there yet. Oh, oh okay, yeah. right. Uh, Sorry, and, and, yeah, Lil, Lil Pachillo, who Lil Lil had. Yes, pro- probably, probably, you know. He, he, his left foot was incredible. He could nutmeg make you every time he got the ball. He could move one way. He, he had, didn't have pace, but he could pass the ball. He could score a goal. And he had, when I first joined, he was so, so confident. His left foot was incredible. And uh, as I say, he, he, he used to nutmeg make everybody in track. It was just, he never would go near him because he, he would just put the ball through your legs. Give
2: me to Precy. Precy used to do that as well, so, didn't he? Precy used to not yeah, pre people...
1: was just so cute, wasn't he? You just thought you were gonna close him down, you thought you'd got it, and then bumps through your leg before you know. Well, actually, probably through yours, well, it didn't do it to me too often. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but again, you know, you're you're I, I saying, right saying. I had my body turned. <laughs> but yes. But also but, <laughs> brave though, Rob. For I mean, for for a small guy, he he didn't fear <sighs> no one, did he? I mean, he'd get stuck in. That's the thing with Precy, what I love. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. He was in that engine room,
2: and you ne- you never saw him
1: get compromised in that way. Where physically, you'd say, "Well, somebody's going to outmuscle him. Somebody's going to outdo him somehow." Yeah. And no one, I n- I don't remember. We played, we played Wimbledon. Wimbledon, you know, huge players, but they also had a lot of talent. I mean, Dennis Wise could put the ball on six minutes. He's a great player, but they they really were physical. But Priesting never we were quite, we were quite a small side compared to them, and we 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 managed it well. But Priesting was. Yeah, Priesty was always. I think he read the game so well. More, I think he, yeah. he could see what was happening. It was that his, his mind was was moving yeah. a little bit faster than
2: most. Yeah.
0: So so far, you've mentioned all Luton players. Is there any Leicester um, in particular? Any Leicesters well, that are going to come in? Going to close? Because
2: fan Andrew, what, you, what are you doing? I thought you uh, no, a I, 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 no, I, no, because I, I'm asking you know, this because I I had looked back because I was doing some
0: research and I would look back and I know you I know you got Mal and Fozzie but you also played with people like Steve Walsh. Um, well, I, 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 Andrew, sorry, I, I should have, I should have, they should have
1: got honourable. Walshie and Alan Evans should have got honourable mentions here. is a, trim, you know, a, a, a tremendous man, um, and a, a really, really top hard player. I mean, a yeah. really, I mean, and, uh, when he turned up to play, he turned up to play. He really did. And, um, and, and he was quick and he was comfortable on the ball and, um, and yeah, you're right. I, I I forgot to mention him. And Alan Evans was at the end of his career when he came to Leicester, um, been, you know, European Cup winner for Villa. I watched the game. We were at Rotterdam with uh, youth trippers. And he was a tremendous player and another lovely man. Really, really a real gentleman. And those two players were... And unfortunately, when I got there, um, you know, we, we, we didn't have the best of best of first seasons. And, uh, and so that, that it never really kind of flourished. So I... They certainly didn't see the best of me and I certainly didn't see the best of them. Um, so, so yeah, you're right. They, they should have been mentioned. And then also in midfield, you know, I've got to mention Gary McAllister because Gary McAllister, um, you know, went on to play for Liverpool and...
0: Leeds and... and league, obviously.
1: But, but uh, you know, he's obviously Scottish inside. And, you know, a tremendous, a tremendous, tremendous player. He just... The reason I couldn't put Gary in me is because I, I wanted somebody... I, it was either going to be Ricky or, or Gary, to be honest. Um, and I, 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 I had to pick Rick. That was, <laughs> you know, was, uh, for, 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 the, for football reasons, as much as anything as well, I have to say. But uh, but no, Gary McCassey, brilliant brain, a great, great player. And obviously, you know, his record states that, uh, yeah, he he was, uh, and, you know, a lovely man and, and and a really dedicated footballer. I mean, he loved football. He loved training. He loved it. He right. really, really loved it. Pro- probably more so than, than most players I've, I've met. You know, before because he he would stay out, he would do more, he would get his get his running in yeah, very, very dedicated.
2: Rob, you just um mentioned you, you came for the youth, Frank, didn't you at Luton? Is that right? Was he an apprentice? Was he yes. an apprentice? Yeah. So yeah. I mean and and when you mentioned about the European Alan Evans and using Rotterdam, did you go to Blau Wit? Yes, every- four times. Four four times. Well,
1: yeah. The, uh, the, the famous Blauwit tournament, yes. Oh my god! We got gosh. to stay, stay with a Dutch family
2: oh. who never saw us. It is, it was like, so, I mean, I don't know. I think I might have gone five. I might just have pipped you with five times. I mean, I went as a schoolboy, once or twice, myself. Mum, you went as a schoolboy? Huh? You went as a schoolboy? Well, did, well, yeah, well, did, did you tell your mum and dad? Yeah, well, it, well, what it was, so this is it though. Me, Ian Scott, Aaron Ty. And Sean Farrell, um, it must have been a year before we joined, and so they didn't put us with a family for that reason because obviously we're still oh. obviously not in the club. So we stayed oh. in the hotel with David oh. Coates, John Moore, Ron Howard. Oh, right, I see. And, um, I see. On, on on that trip, so, so, so yeah,
1: you, so you didn't get you didn't get to uh, to sort of uh, go out too much at the evening
2: then. Oh no! They took us down a red light. They took us down there, oh, like, down there, there and sh- showed us all that. Yeah, showed us all that, and it's like <laughs> you're just walking around. I'm thinking, schoolboy. Wow. Yeah, no, I know i know it, it but was, Yeah, yeah. I take
0: it that I take it that wasn't on the permission form.
2: <laughs> well,
0: for the parents, I mean, the parents signed. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just the
1: first year I went, I came back and I, I couldn't stop telling my mum what I'd seen because I was so surprised.
0: So. Moving on to attackers, forwards, strikers. Whatever okay, you want to so call them?
1: I'm going, I'm going for my front three. So uh, the first striker... Strike. Okay, <laughs> start on the left. Start on the left. Okay, start on the
2: left. On the
1: left, we're going for... A, I don't know, I now, this is where Kingsley gets an honourable mention. because I, oh, right. I thought he
2: was okay. in. All wow, right. Okay. okay.
1: Kingsley gets an honourable mention because... Kingsley was, you know, he, we, we played in the cup finals together. That was maybe the second or third game. And, uh, you know, what a temperament, you know, you know, for a young man to come into such a game. And it, the thing is, Andrew, when I look back at that game, that team that played, when we beat Arsenal, the, maybe the two or three weeks before that, we'd had a really rough spell. We'd had a great season. we got knocked out of the FA Cup semi-final by Wimbledon. We scored a great volley at White Hart Lane. And then we conceded two late goals. Otherwise, we would have been the final of that as well. But the team that was was kind of probably playing the in the final, um, it, it changed out of all recognition in the next two or three weeks. Through some through loss of form of players and some through injury, and so Dibs Dibs played, but really up until the last three or four days we didn't we weren't we didn't know whether Les was playing because Les had an injury, and he he was trying to. Is he playing? Is he? And he wouldn't really commit that he was fit. And the manager had to make a decision in the end. David Priest had been out injured all season. I think that was his second game. He played QPR in midweek, and that was Priesty's first game. I think the cup, cup final was actually Ricky's first game back after he the was. broken leg. Yep. yep. He so we had Priestley who'd had one game. We had Ricky who'd had no game. And we had Kingsley who played two two first team games that season, young lad. And it was just, when you looked at that, and Mick was actually playing, he actually he had a bit of an ankle injury for quite a long time. He went off in the second half. And he was, you know, he wasn't uh, exactly 100. You would never have known it. So we went on that. We had Dibs in goal, who'd hardly played. I'd, I was playing left back that day. I'd been playing midfield. I'd been playing right back. I'd been playing right side midfield. And Preece hadn't played, played one game. Rick had played no games. So, so for Kingsley to come in and play such a starring role in such a game, you know, it's such a such a place as well to 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 do that. Yeah. So it's a massive honourable mention for Kingsley. But he's not the team. (laughs) But he's not in the team. Sorry, Kingsley. (laughs) (laughs) So this 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 man, though, when when I joined the club, um, uh, he had just joined the club as well. There was a lot of I was a an apprentice, but we, we had Mal, we had Mark Hazelwood, there was a few other uh, new players to the club, and this was one of them. And he was an incredible. Goal scorer, winger, could cross it either for could beat people. And he could go inside or out. He, when the when the ball came to him, he could go around the, the fullback or he could come inside the fullback and follow the ball. And he he, he played with, um, with Brian and Bob Hatton, and they just kept on... When the ball came to him, the fullbacks couldn't get anywhere near him because the ball, he would just play the ball first time, round the corner, into the first strike, into the second strike, and follow it. He scored free kicks and and just a lovely man, lots of fun, lots of fun as well, and a, but a great player. And, and you know, he, he did get mentions to play for England. And at the time, Peter Barnes had, had, had got uh, had got in, but this man was, I think, a different league he should have, he should have played. And if you, he hadn't been at Luton, he
2: no doubt. David Moss.
1: Yes. Absolutely. What a What? I just, I, I don't think anybody could contain it. it. It was really funny because he used to laugh at himself and the crowd knew it as well. He never headed the ball, did he? So the ball, sometimes the keeper would kick the ball out towards him and Mossy would run underneath it and jump to miss it. And all the crowd would cheer because they knew he meant <laughs> But Coasey, because Coatesy was this other great, he was, he was a great kind of um, psychologist as well. And he just, he analysed the game brilliantly, but he'd say how clever Mossy was. Because Mossy would say, he'd say, oh, Mossy's doing that on purpose. So the fullback heads it out for air throwing. He's making the fullback commit to it, which,
0: you know, Mossy was quite happy to get, get out of jail. with that one,
1: But I never saw him head the ball. Never. <laughs> can
0: you imagine that had been a bit of defender? They'd gone through him. But no, he's
1: dead on the Well, okay. I'll, I'll jump up and let it go and you can head it.
0: But yeah, so yeah. Not, but no, course, was. Uh,
2: so, not even like you've never seen him score with his head. He never scored with his head, do you think? There's a question.
0: There's a question.
1: No, no. He, he, he might well have done. I mean, I mean, to be fair, he had an eye for goal. So, I think he would have made an exception. I mean, you know. That he probably would have made exceptions. He probably did. He might well have scored, but I never, I never saw him head a ball
0: like you and me, Mark. Right,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. And if and he yeah, would have he done, was...
0: it'd have been like a 50, 50 PP side shoot. It'd have gone everywhere because <laughs> he wasn't used to it.
1: He yeah, well, it, used to, it used to go for me like that as well. But, but and no, and he you believe
2: he would have probably played for England if he wouldn't have been at Luton. Probably he would have. Played he for got England. to Luton. Mark.
1: I, I couldn't believe he's been, been at Swindon. And I couldn't believe that nobody else had seen what David said right. and hadn't taken him because when I was a young lad and he was running rings, I didn't know where he was going. I was a young fullback thinking, "Yeah, I'm getting wide into you," and I can't get anywhere near him. Just play the ball. As soon as you got close to me, play that. Go that way. Go this way. And um, and I, I, I and it, where did he go afterwards?
2: Do you know where he went after? Where did he go after Luton? Well, he, no?
1: played, he, he played a bit in America. Um, went and played a bit in America because I, I, I'm not sure what, what age he was when he was when he first came to Luton. He's probably in his mid twenties, but twenty six, seven, um, yeah, yeah. I know, I, I, you know, for some reason, he just didn't. He uh, didn't. I mean, Luton, Luton were you know t- top team, especially when he got into the Premier League. But then he, he he don't. I know he had a, a bit of a. A, a, a pelvic injury that kept him out for months. And that, that used to trouble him a little bit. Right. But, um, but no, he was a, you know,
0: wh- why he, why he didn't get, because. the yeah, So you talk he about had, England caps. Sorry. So you talk about England caps. Um, yeah. And we've mentioned quite a few times on this podcast, speaking to lots of different players about how um Ricky didn't maybe get the, the caps. Fozzy didn't get the caps. You mentioned Mossy didn't get the caps. Steeny as well. Um, was it ever mentioned in a dressing room or was it ever said kind of if we were, I know players are never going to say if I weren't playing for Luton, I'll get the caps. Was it ever kind of alluded to or were players frustrated that other clubs players are? Oh, because he sat on the bench at Liverpool, but just if he plays for Liverpool, he gets in the squad. Well, did anybody ever, yeah. I know you probably don't want to say names and I, stuff. I think,
1: I, think, I think we did. I think it was mentioned sometimes. It, it wasn't mentioned much. Because I, I don't think we we really dwelled on that sort of thing, but I, I, I think there were certainly times when frustration. Kind of yeah, I think I think Ricky played. He, he played a game against West Germany at Wembley, and uh, he, he knew he he nearly scored on his day as a debut. I think it, not, but he had a, I think he had a diving header that hit the bar. He was everywhere. Ray Wilkins talked about oh, what a pleasure it was to have him at the training camp. With great touch, this that the other, just fitted in with everything. And then and, then, and then he, he just he didn't, he didn't get picked again. It was, it was strange. I know, I think Bobby Robson at the time was going for like Trevor Stephen, a type of hard-working, again, this 4-4-2, this very, you know, kind of a more of a rigid shape, more of a...
0: So maybe that worked against looping players in particular, do you think? The, the fact that we were I playing different formations everybody else.
1: I think so. And I think, you know, when Brian, Brian and Walshy got to play for England, and Brian, at the time that Brian got to play... It was just it was it, it was like the timing for Brian was absolutely wrong. At that time, he'd just gone through a you know a difficult spell for some reason. I'm not known Brian had a really difficult goal in his career, but he'd just gone through a little bit of a uh, you know a dry patch in scoring goals, and his confidence was a little bit low. And he got picked for England, and it, it you know it just it just wasn't right for him at the time. And I think again, you know, the formation we played, he, he often would drop drop deep and get the ball and this was something i mean he played as a two with bob hatton a lot but uh and with mick but uh he often whizzed one of a three as well Um uh, we, we played quite narrow with newly you know three three great forwards there but yeah that yeah, i i think brian was just a bit unlucky because i think brian should have scored you know probably scored had a lot more cap and he got the one mm. um but yeah i think there was something the way we played the, the formation you know, England were pretty. You know, in those days, we, we had really. I think we had some really top players when we went when we went to the World Cups. We often didn't do ourselves justice. I mean, you know, we got Glenn Hoddle, Ray, Ray Wilkins, and Brian Robson, and people like that. But we we did play this system
2: that they. Well, you know, the international I was going to say there, Rob, as well. But I was going to say sorry, yeah. Glenn Hoddle yeah. really, who uh, was a probably one of our top. Players, player wise, didn't play that many times for England. No, he, he didn't wasn't, get. He wasn't well. really picked. I mean, Andrew, that's and, that's a great point, Mark. And so then, yeah, and because, the, you can go along he, with the same he, one he, of Letiz- <coughs>
1: Letizia. Matthew Letizia, Of course you can. Of course you can. You know, you can. So, we can talk. We can bring up all of these players. the The, the, the thing is that when uh, Wenger saw Hoddle play and he couldn't believe it, and Chris Waddle as well. I was I was with Chris Waddle at uh, Sheffield Wednesday when I was physio there. And Wads could pass the ball, and he said that he'd, he'd learned a lot from Glenn Hoddle. But Wads could pass the ball with inside-outside of his you know forty, fifty-yard balls, and he got that from Hoddle because Hoddle could do that, and it was incredible. But England never built the team around him. He he didn't tackle enough. He didn't head it. He didn't run hard. He you know there was always what Glenn Hoddle didn't do, kept him out of the team,
2: and it was it That's, was bizarre. and yeah, it was and that, and always. The it was like if he was brazilian or spanish or whatever if they wouldn't be saying he can't do this he can't do that it'd be like but he can do this he can do this this is why he's playing Mm -hmm. because he does this he does that he does this yeah
1: exactly you know socrates could have been in 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 england and probably wouldn't have got in the england team
0: yeah definitely so moving across the other two
1: okay so Honourable mentions, um, I've got to give honourable mentions to, to, to Mark Steen and to Newley here. I play with both of them. They're both really good goal scorers. Newley was an exceptional goal scorer. You know, he came to Luton and, uh, you know, he, he was uh, so enthusiastic, so fit, he put himself around in the game all the time and he would just score goals. He just, you know, I mean, he scored a hat-trick against Liverpool. Um, at home, when we beat him four one, and he was just in front of goal. He, he just you he, look at him and you look at the, the technique; didn't look quite right. Yeah. And boom! It flies straight into the goal. Bang! And he just didn't miss, and uh, and he didn't seem to have a fear of missing either. And I think his spell at loom was was uh, you know I'm not even sure why why he left Luton at that time. I, you know I think Please Pleatie you know look, looking for something else maybe. But
0: uh, in well, fairness, but, he won the title of Blackburn, so you can't say too much. He went on to win sorry. the Premier League, didn't he? Went on to win the Premier oh, League
1: no, no. playing with Blackburn, didn't no, he? His, uh... I'm not saying I, I, uh, he certainly didn't go down in his career, but I didn't know why Luton let him
0: go because. Oh right, misunderstand. Yeah, sorry.
1: Oh yeah, no, he was tremendous. He was a tremendous clubman, great lad to be around, and uh, um, and and just you know, the, the amount of goals he scored, and of course he was playing with Brian. There was Mick. There was Mark. There was a, you know there was quite a lot of competition for places there. But whenever he played, he'd score. He'd score. And he'd make it hard for anybody to drop him. He really would. He was was top. He was top draw. So very big. And Mark Steen, obviously Mark. Mark Steen, yeah. Tremendous player. player. Yeah, went on to Chelsea, QPR, Stoke. I mean, Mark Steen, Mark Steen was the worst trainer (laughs) at the club. He hated winning. He couldn't stand it. And he, he got to, you know, because of his ability, he, he went around and he ended up going to Stoke. And at the time, the manager at Stoke mm. was Lou Macari. And everybody knew that Lou Macari just ran. And we all laughed. We thought, oh, Steenie's got the Stoke. That's, you know, what's he doing? You know, this 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 can't work. But Steenie just ended up, he changed completely. He became the best trainer. He became, he he was like, he lived like a monk. He was, and he, he became the top scorer at Stoke. He was, a, he, he was a folk hero. Incredible the change around. That you know, such a strong mind, Mark. Yeah, it's such a talented player. And again, somebody you think you know with a bit more luck might have might have got closer. Yes. So we we'll
0: have gotten to the two. So
1: the two other players. Okay, well these I, I think these are pretty, you know one of the players was our top scorer every year. Um, calm in the box. Um, you know just literally when he first came um, he'd been there probably 18 months before I was there and so he's a fairly young lad in the, in the first team and above the Oak Road there used to be uh, a Whitbread sign that was like, uh, you know an advertising right above the 15-20 like feet above the goal and uh, this player would often he'd turn so quick and then he'd lash at it and he'd hit the Whitbread sign and so, so much so that uh, there was a little bit of a rivalry with one of the other players who kind of you know, started nicknaming him Whitbread. So every time he turned around, we, and we, we start, you know, as footballers are, we are not very kind of, so Brian wouldn't have known this, but we used to get Whitbread! Every time he turned. <laughs> um, and uh, But I, I remember David Pleat saying to him, because after he'd hit the Whitbread sign, he'd often hold his head. And this was something that we just all could see from the stand. And I remember David Pleat saying, don't do that. The crowd don't know whether that was a good miss or a bad miss or whatever. It is. But as soon as you hold your head, they think it's it's been a bad miss. And he and he stopped it. And and, and soon after that, he just started slotting the ball away. Like, I think it was his. It was just nerves and and his right. enthusiasm. He was so sharp. He'd got away and he tried to lash it. And then he started.
2: It was uh, calm. The calmest man. A very clinical finisher. I feel unbelievable. He was a yes. real. I mean, if you, um, if you saw in front of the goal, you just felt like, goal. Ah, I mean, it's one of
1: them... it never crossed your mind. And you know yourself. The, f- the first 20 minutes of a home game, when you, when you really put it to the opposition and the ball fell to him, you knew it was going to be a goal. And it relaxed you. And I know that feeling when I went to other clubs where we didn't score in the first 20 minutes and then it was a battle for the next 70. So he...
0: he yes. Played. Bruno Stein. Brian's absolutely, team. absolutely.
1: He was, uh, yeah. And I, I, I was, a, I was his assistant actually at Bulldog for a short time. We, we had a, we had a year there together. Um, and then he, I know, I know he went on to to be the coach at Luton with Newley. You know. and how,
2: and how, and how did he, how did you find that Rob? Um, at Bulldog, do you think? Because, I mean, I can only speak from when I was working with him, Brian and Newley, um, at Luton when I was on the youth team side. It's I just felt at times when Brian was coaching, he got frustrated because, and this is me, he's paying me a comment. how good a player he was. Sometimes, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're trying to tell people to do things, he's like, he, he got frustrated. And I'm it came simple. I said, great. That's like, you played at the top, top level. Yeah. This is in the first division we were playing. Now these players are now playing in like second or whatever. They no, can't do what no. you do.
1: I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I saw the same thing with Chris Waddle at Sheffield Wednesday. Chris Waddle couldn't understand why players couldn't do what he could do. He say, "Just do this," and I'd be looking. I'd be the physio, and I'd be laughing. I'd be thinking, "Well, if they could do that, you know, they, would be they, they wouldn't be here. we we'll, we'll be playing for Sheffield Wednesday reserves, you know." Mm. So, um, and yeah, I, I think I think that was that was a problem for Brian because Brian then played at Bulldog and. He was still the best player. He was still scoring the most goals, and uh and and, and trying to, and and, the, and that league was quite physical. It was a physical, tough league. Lots of travelling, and the players went full time jobs, and and that was hard for Brian to understand as well. That they would come and they would feel tired. So it was a it was a it was a tough year. And I think you know, I think I think when you've been a great, player, it, it is sometimes. I mean, I've I've heard that Glenn Hoddle, when he was managing, though I think the top manager. I think he sometimes you know not belittled the players, but he kind of embarrassed them yeah. with what he did. And um, as a first team player, Marv, that's not good, is it? You know, you no. you know what I know. Going out on a Saturday and being confident is kind of almost everything. Once you got to that level, you've got to be confident. If you're not confident, it could be it could be a bad day. So it's not 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 good if they're uh, knocking even if they're not they're obviously not doing it deliberately, they're doing it to try and build you up, make you better. Yeah, I think that yeah. was that was something that was, was difficult.
0: Players who could quite do what you thought they should be able to. Yeah. And next to Brian, sat in the middle of Mossy and Steeny is.
1: Yeah. Well, this this man's a legend at a club as well, and um, you know,
0: I, I think I think his ability
1: as a footballer was very um, one of the best volleyers I've ever seen. Good volleyball, touch, brilliant, and you know, a great lad, a great clubman, a, a funny, funny. Man. The this the kind of. Deadpan humour that he could bring was used to go above my head. I was a uh, it just used to go above my head. Uh, probably the next day or later on that day, I'd get it. But um, he was he, he was just brilliant and um, and and such a and such a lovely, genuine, genuine. But boy, yeah, you you, you won't want to play against this man for for lots of reasons. But the physicality. For sure, he did play for England, and again, I'd, I'd say, he I think, I think he did suffer with injuries a little bit. He, you know, I think he he hit his injuries well. He he played he played with ankle and knee problems that uh, probably would have kept many people out. And you know, I think he, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think he probably, uh, you know, sort of uh, suffered quite a lot on the pitch, but to us because he certainly never showed it, and, and you'd never know it. He was so no no centre half there,
2: no Big sure. Mick. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes.
1: What a head, What a header of the ball!
0: What I was going to say that. Obviously, being right back, and you'd have been asked to put some balls into him. Ah, did he want it? Did he it ever two. want it? Did he prefer it to his feet, or did he prefer it on his head? He could. I, I think chest. Ch- Andrew chest. I,
1: the man could chest the ball. You hmm. you'd ping it fifty yards to him, and he chest it down as if he would just you know played it five yards. He was incredible. His control, foot, chest. I mean, and he, he obviously could head it, but I think he, he wanted to control it. And he loved playing with Brian. He loved Brian's yeah. touch and awareness. He loved he, that's, that, that kind of, uh, the joining in with that type of football on the ground, Mick loved it. He loved to play a little one-two with Brian, in, especially in practice as well. You'd see him, they had this, <laughs> this kind of little routine. They'd play a quick one-two and Mick would smack it in or Brian would smack it in. It was great. So no, he was, he was tremendous, a tremendous player. And were you great, playing great in man. the
0: game when he put it into his own net? To keep looting up? No. No, I
1: wasn't. I'd gone to Leicester, but I didn't.
0: Yeah, I, I saw it. I yeah, saw I, wasn't, I, mean. I, I wasn't sure when you left exactly. I, I saw the dates yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. I wasn't sure at what time that season yeah, you left. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's To me, that's kind of the, the poetry of football sometimes. You know, these things
1: happen. You know, you something bad happens and you can bet your bottom dollar those two teams will meet next year in the, a very important game. Um, yeah. And something like this happens where, you know, a legend you know, plays against his old team and uh and and this time you know Dennis Law obviously sent Manchester United down with a back heel and and Mick kept looting up
0: or yes up? these things happen these things happen in football. These things happen they, they do. And uh were you um, playing that um, game it, off?
2: No, no I would I, I was there. I think I was there. I, I saw I saw the goal and I think What you, was you, it you know like? I mean? Was it a bit surreal, a bit kind of did that just happen? Yeah I mean he, <laughs> has he scored two, he scored two goal, own goals or just one? Because one of them, like, was the one I'm thinking of, was a long free kick and mixed midway in, like... The in the heart, penalty box, he goes heart. like this. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, and they're saying, oh, you meant to do that. There's no way. Oh, you <laughs> can't mean <laughs> to. I mean, no, in, what was what the I'm feeling
0: thinking. like in terms of, I was never accused him of doing that. I meant as in, what was it like you knowing X player has just done that? Was it kind of,
2: did, did what... It was like, I mean, I mean, yeah, like you've said, it might not just happen. And one, surreal. Two, it's like, look who's done it. Look who it is. And this is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. In the crowd, be supporters are so. going. He's, he's meant to do that. He's meant to look. God, say, look at, look at him. Yeah, were well, you yeah, tempted? Yeah, was you yeah. went on the pitch? Were the
0: players tempted to go and celebrate with him? <laughs> just, just <laughs> fall back into old habits. Just kind of, oh, we go <laughs> celebrate with Mick. No, he's wearing the wrong shirt. We can't. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, Mick could have something to say about that, wouldn't he? But, yeah, I think uh... he would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd look at him; you'd know, you'd know if he wanted to or not. He'd just give
2: you a look. wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> but... I mean, I, I, it reminds me. I mean, you, I mean, you—you you would have been there, Rob. I would have thought we had. We went out on a Christmas do, and I think um, we had. I don't know why, but we had the bus. The bus took us. The driver, Jim McCabe was driving, and and um, it could have been. But anyway, someone was like I... locked us in and jim and we and obviously we've been drinking and all that and like they're saying come on jim let's go go, oh there's a guy he won't he won't he won't mick got up walked down (laughs) to the front of the bus got off the bus right and next thing we were moving (laughs) i mean i don't think think Mick actually had to do anything physically but just his presence of the saying move your effing car probably or something like that i mean the guy quickly moved (laughs) his car
1: I don't think he'd have to swear, Mark. Would he? He'd just look at him and say, "Move your car," and it would—that'd yeah. be enough. You go, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Where? Where, where do we me to move it? <laughs> Especially with the size and that accent down in London, definitely. Oh yeah, with, that, <laughs> with the north, yeah, yeah. with the with the northern yeah. accent up there. With him, yeah, yeah. is Mac- he a Mackam or a Geordie? I can never remember. Sunderland. He's, a, he, he's Sunderland. a Macham, yeah. Near yeah, yeah. yeah. He is, yeah,
1: yeah, he is, yeah. I, no. He was he, he was a presence everywhere he went. Um, and he still is, still is. Yes, he's,
0: uh, and he's still doing very well at the club. So you mentioned your eleven, Rob. Who is mm-hmm. the manager for your yeah. team?
1: Okay, so well, you know, I, I I guess there could only be one pick. I mean, I, I have to say, John Moore was a coach and my manager, and John was the the and is uh, one of the most decent human beings I've ever met in my life. As a youth team coach, he used to say things to me that still stay with me now. You know, you set your own standards. Um, don't worry what anybody else does. You just do what's right. You do the right thing. And uh, and John John was uh, you know so wholehearted in everything he did. He was so straight. And his year as manager was a was a really great year. A fantastic year. We finished the highest we did ever did in the first division. And A lot of it was due to John. John was John was uh, you know he was really really good and unfortunately it's you know sometimes the mixture of certain players and manager and approaches it, it doesn't mix and uh and so john you know for, for me john john you know i'd have loved john to have stayed longer um because i think he would have been a, a, six, a very successful that that one year was very very successful a lot of that was down to him and i don't think People know about John. John's a legend, so he doesn't need me to. But um, but that year as a manager, he he was really bland.
2: Rob. Can so I sorry I, before you me. move on, Rob? Before you move on, in in what way? I mean, because again, I, I, I like I know John, and I, it, gave, it 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 gives me the impression they finished the highest they did in the first division seventh, like you said. Was it? Do you think maybe? I mean, because I wasn't lucky playing then. A case that sometimes a lot of successful clubs. That I'm not being disrespectful to John. The dressing room ran the team, and basically, and John just sort of like, man, let's—I don't know—was it because he just let things well, flow, and they just, and they sort of like directed things uh, a little bit. It's, it's, I mean, you put the team, had yeah, the team obviously. You know, the, thing,
1: the thing, the thing is, this, the team was a strong team, and uh but there were a lot of lads that come through the the Luton way, and and with, there was this mixture with, you know, Fozzy. Nico, um, uh, who'd come from, and, and they, they had added some steel and some, some ingredients that were probably missing, but it was a, it, you know, we played a Luton style of football and, and John, and, and I wouldn't say that John, you know, I, I would say that that's true for nearly every manager. That if you get the right, right players in the, in the club, in the dressing room, they'll do it on the pitch. Like we said about Les, you know, doing his own thing with his kick or Ricky, you know, wandering. Mm-hmm. I don't remember John having to do so much of, of, you know, we need, we didn't need directions of what to do, and where to do. He would pick the side. And I think he set the tone and he set a tone that, uh, and, I, and I think, you know, that I think, he did have a big contribution to that to that team because um, we we played in a we played in a very good manner. Yeah, he, he deserves credit for it. He does because I think to be a manager, Mark, is not an easy job, is it? And I think coming into that job, it, it was it was you know following to follow David after you know so many successful years. He finished higher than David, yeah. and I would say you know looking at you know David's team, you know we had. Trevor Hartley, who, for me, he was the first real modern thinking coach. Trevor was brilliant. Tre- Trevor was the first one to look at videos. Monday morning, Andrew, was a nightmare. If you had a nightmare on a Saturday for the first team, don't think you're coming in Monday and you're not going to be shown everything you did wrong and it slowed <laughs> down in slow motion. You spent the
0: whole of Sunday going round and round in your head.
1: Honestly, you were thinking, well... God, tomorrow's good. You know. Plus, that that was probably just after he took you out and ran you up and down the hills. You know, because he, he he was he was a he was a tyrant when it came to. That. If he thought you let if he, if he, if you lost but played well, he was fine. But if he thought you would let yourselves down and the team down, he was merciless. There was no favourites, and uh, he was a strong character that way. So he would come in and before games, he would analyse throw-ins. What we were going to do from throw-ins, he he kind of you know. Starting positions, it was a great phrase of his all the time. David Coates as well, but Trevor Trevor took it on to another level. So, David had that strong team that he then took to Tottenham. And John came in, he couldn't pick his own first team coach, but he picked a very good first team coach in Ray Harford, who he didn't know. And we still finished seventh. So, I think you have to take that, Marv, that actually yeah. he, he, he didn't just let it roll on. No, he must have done something because he actually finished higher than David. And that was, right. uh, So that's all kudos to John, and I I have to say also Ray Harford. Now Ray, I I, Ray sadly is another person who's no longer. And I I had some really awful arguments.
2: Did you? I I regret. Really? I. You know what? Sorry to interrupt you there. I always he gave me my debut by the way, but I always thought Ray didn't like confrontation. No, he didn't. (laughs) Rob (laughs) did. But Rob did. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, I I I I didn't. I just used to get to a point though. If I I'm, I remember I remember this was an awful thing I did. I, I'm not proud of it at all. I remember I Ray didn't fancy me when he first came and uh, he made it clear. I think he wanted Paul Parker to come. We were on pre-season training in Sweden and, and he was down in the bar and he was he was talking with Fozzie and Nick and lots of all the you know players and I think he said something a bit, you know, disparaging about me and uh and I heard it. And I didn't say anything. I just thought all the when I went up and I was with Mal, and Mal was because Mal was up in the room, and, and he, he saw my face. And Mal looked at me. What's wrong with you? And I, you know, I said, outraged, saying something. And Mal said, "Where well, did you go up and tell him?" I went, "No, I didn't," because I was embarrassed. I didn't want to go and say something in front of all these players. And uh, Mal said, "Well, you should have gone and told him. You should have told him. And what's he doing? He's the coach. He shouldn't be saying." And I looked at Mel, and I knew Mel was right, and I I didn't have the courage to go and do it, so I didn't. So anyway, I I played the rest of that season, and that's the season with John in charge, and John knew there was friction between me and Ray. Ray would always sort of say something to me, but I'd bite back, because I was ready for him, because I I thought he had his opinion about it. And then when John left and Ray took over, um, actually Ray played me a lot of games because, I played right back. I played left back. I played right side midfield. I played centre midfield. I played. I played every game in the in the little, with the first legs all the way through to the final, and uh, I was on the bench a lot, but I was also played a lot as well. And um, at the end of the season, I played in the final, and I still had this opinion that he didn't really like me, but really? he played me so much. So I went to see him, and I said, Ray, you know, I've I, you know. I, I, I don't know what you're thinking, because I I'd I gone on the transfer. I'd gone to ask him for tra- you know to put me on the transfer list at the start of the season because of you know I didn't think he you know he, he wasn't going to play me, but he, he ended up he did play me. And he said, "Well, come on in, Rob. You know we just won the cup and we'd, we'd been to Liverpool. We'd drawn there. We'd we'd we'd, we'd had a great little uh, end of the season as well." And uh, he said, "Rob, I've got to apologise. He said, "I should have come and seen you." He said, you've done brilliant for me this season. You've played right back, left back. You've not complained. You've gone centre midfield, right midfield. You know, and it's been brilliant. And uh, he said, you've trained hard. I said, well, yeah. I said, I've enjoyed it. He said, well, he said, yeah. He said, of course I want you to stay. Of course I want you. He said, and I said, well, as soon as you say that to a professional football, the first thing he well, you're going to give me a new contract then. And he said, yeah, of course I will. No problem. He said, will get it sorted out. Put his hands on my shoulders and... So anyway, that I, I, we left, it was the summer then and, and we left and, uh, and I went home thinking, brilliant, you know, I was so happy. And when I came back, I was, you know, we went through pre-season, we were doing pre-season stuff and still no mention, no, no, nothing from him to me or anything like this. And then I started hearing that, you know, Danny had signed a new contract, somebody else said Tim was offered a new contract and somebody else was, and not me. And then I started getting angry. And then one day we were in training and, uh, he, he sat the players down, and he was trying. He was trying to get us to to close down, like like Barcelona, you know, did many many years later. He wanted us just to forget our players, go to the ball. But of course, when Pozzi was playing, Pozzi didn't want you to do that. So there was this push you pull me in the in the team, and we were having this session. Ray sat us down, and he was trying to explain why he wanted to do that. I got to the stage where I'd lost it, so I was just started like keeping the ball up, as he was talking to the other lads. And yeah, he when he got on the bus. He started having a right go, showing disrespect, and Mick had a go at me, and Fozzie had a go at me, and I just fired straight back. Well, you showed me a lot. You've not shown me any respect, have you? And he said, "What are you talking about?" And then I brought it up, and all the players went quiet because they knew that a manager shouldn't promise you something. And he said, "That doesn't matter. You've got another year left. You don't. You don't need a new contract now." He's uh you know, he kind of dismissed it as if he'd never said it to. Me. So. So anyway, we had a bit of a row in the office. Uh, he got back to the chair, and the chairman actually sided with me. He said the manager should never have said so. But Anyway, that was enough. Well, I, I, I made up. All the well,
0: that it's yeah, it's 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 sad to hear. Um, Those things do happen, but I think that that's something that happens in professional sport. Is it? I'm not I'm not being professional myself, but these things unfortunately do happen. And it and I suppose the modern era, you wouldn't be able to talk in that open, frank way, would you, from what I understand as well?
1: well I, I think I think in those days... You've done Andrew, through agents. You know, is, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And also, in those days, the manager was everything. He kind of, he, he had to look after the budget. So he's promising the directors to keep the budget down. So you can't praise, and if you praise the players too much, the players will say, well, if you, if you think I'm that good, you should be paying me more. So you've got this kind of strange, yeah. you know, uh, balancing act going on. And nowadays, the manager is taken out of that. The money's nothing to do with them. I just want that player. And the agent and the, the club will discuss how much he's worth, and I'll coach him. In those days, people like Ray or, or John or David had this balancing act of trying to keep the directors happy with not spending too much money, not giving players too much money, and also keeping the players happy. And so if you, place, if you praise the players, then suddenly, you, <laughs> if you praise them too much, then they, oh, They'd be knocking on your door, putting you under pressure. So, yeah. So in those days, I think uh, they they had a harder job. You know, yes. they can concentrate
2: very much on what they they're doing. They're a coach. What they're they're good at doing, and it's and he, different. And he was a very good coach as well, wasn't he? I think like, what, I mean, was. Was. it proved when he he's when, formed a partnership uh, with uh, Kenny Douglas. So Kenny, sorry, so Kenny Douglas. Absolutely. absolutely. And it just showed. I mean, what um, a man of. Of a quality of coaching, he was, and I mean, I'll always have like respect for him because he gave me, me my too. debut, me and, and he gave me an opportunity which was a, a massive task of trying to fill Mal Donaghy's boots. Which I think, Absolutely. I mean, it was too, it was too, it was probably too soon for me, probably, because he obviously went and got David Bowman, and Bowman came in, and then he played in the semi final at West Ham. I don't know if you remember. Um, in a two days and stuff that was that. I mean it oh, gave so. me a chance it gave me a chance and yeah. I would never well, you know, give it any problem Ray, Ray was nah, Ray was a lovely man
1: and Ray Ray, Ray this, this thing about pushing on and trying to win the ball back early you know you, you see that the Barcelona did this pressing game well Ray was talking about doing it back in the 80s and he was yeah. trying to get us to do it but of course you had this this dynamic in our team I mean you know John Terry and. Chelsea, they, they didn't really want it. He didn't want them to do that so much because John Terry wanted to stay back. He wanted Macaulay in front of him. But, uh, you know, uh, Ray Harford was looking to, to let's, if we win the ball back there, we can play from yeah. there. And no matter how he tried to sell it to us, if you don't, get, you don't have 11 players that want to do it, it's difficult. It doesn't work. But no, no, he was, he was, uh, he was well ahead of his time. And his coaching was, uh, everything was always enjoyable. And he, so who, he who like is your manager
0: the, then, Rob?
2: Yeah. Who is your manager, so manager going to
1: be? My manager would <laughs> is is going to be a man that that brought me into the into the football club and you know he went on to be very successful at Spurs and at Sheffield. I met him again later on at Sheffield Wednesday and, and he always professed you know he just loves, man loves football, loves football. We play it in the right way. He'd always say that. And one thing, one thing from my, I mean, there's a few funny stories with him, but one once one thing about him that. Uh, I always remember David Coates saying about David Pleat. Yeah, we,
2: yeah, we, we all knew it. knew, we all knew it, David, it was but, then,
1: <laughs> but he said he said that all the young players, when the young players got released from Luton in those early days, in those first two or three years, he would always try and find them. And David Coates was surprised that he would spend time to help these players get another because he said all the managers in, in his experience, look, I'm releasing him, is is no good to me. Um, you know, the sooner he gets out of the club the better. You Know if somebody wants to look at him, that's fine, but but uh, no, he he David Coates always said this that, that he was always he, he helped try to help players onto another club more than any other manager. And obviously, when you're in a manager's, it's pretty time consuming, and mm. you've got to be quite selfish with you. I mean, you you've got you know, limited resources and limited energy. Helping people who are no longer going to be part of you wouldn't seem to be. And he did lots of he, he helped me on a very bad injury, he helped me get over though. David played yes. I know we didn't we didn't have a great time
0: together at Leicester. I, my, I I I had an awful time, but that wasn't his. I wasn't going to ask Oh, Le- actually, well, did he did he pick you purposely? Did he did he come find you at Leicester?
1: Did he want to take yes, you? Yes, he Leicester? Did. He, um, he yeah he, he bought he brought me to, to take me to Leicester. Uh, I mean, he had an idea that I could uh, um, that he, he wanted me to play right back, and he wanted to move the right back to play alongside Gary McAllister, and he thought that. That that would suit Gary McAllister a lot more. Unfortunately, the player who was moving from right back to the centre midfield player to centre midfield position wasn't so happy about it. And the team didn't. We didn't. We didn't gel really. The team didn't gel. We had we had a lot of new signings and um, and I think I think David missed his backroom starting again at Luton. He he always had. Excellent coaches: David, Coach John Moore, Trevor Hartley. These these people could coach, make it enjoyable. I think the, the caliber there. We we had he had two managers as his coaches. They were two former managers. They were used to being managers. Not I think the coaching side was their strong point. So although we had a lot of good players there, we couldn't seem to set a way we would play.
0: Yeah, excellent, excellent. So and um, just for those people who aren't aware of what you're doing at the moment, um, you are currently in the Czech Republic. Um, what are you doing out in Czech Republic? What are you up to these days, Rob? You mentioned you've well, been physio uh, at a few clubs. Well, I,
1: I, I, was a physio, I was a physio for 15 years at the English Institute of Sport, which was to do with the Olympics. I had a lot of involvement with Jessica and it, the boxing team worked in Sheffield where I was. So a lot of the stars from there, Anthony Joshua, he's one of our athletes. And um, and I looked after Nick Matthew, world squash player, world champion three times, 10 or 11 years while I was there as well. So I did that, but then I, I my, my wife, I met my wife, and um, we both wanted uh, a family. And so, uh, when our son was born, we uh, we were living in England. We were living in the Beech Street, but uh, my wife missed the Czech Republic, so I've I've, I've made the step out here. And uh, well, I'm, I'm presently I'm setting a business up here, but of course with Corona, it's been I, I picked my time pretty well. I had Brexit and coronavirus, uh, an Englishman <laughs> no. move into Europe. My time has been uh, less than optimal, we, should, we could say. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm doing, my, doing my physio here. Yep. I'm hoping to be coming back. I was traveling back to England to still work. I was still working on a weekly basis to the Czech Republic a year ago. So I'm, I'm hoping to go back to more work in it.
0: Excellent. And, uh, and which, team, which team do you go for now in the Czech Republic? Which team have you been well, burdened got got with or
2: choose? Spada Prague. Is it Spada Prague? Prague, is it? No,
0: there's
1: there's two Pragues. There's Sparta Prague and Slavia Prague. Slavia are the team that's just not rangers out. So they're they're a, they're a decent team. Um, they're a good team. The the international side look good as well. They played Belgium the other night and they they equipped themselves really, really well. One all draw, lots of uh, lots of ch- chances both ends. So uh, they're a good team. Um, yeah, the local team is uh, Zbrovka, it's a uh, Brno. It's, Br- it's you have to learn how to play. So uh, my little boy is uh, in their kind of uh, training academy. So we, we we go. We're not training at the moment. So he's he's all left-footed, Marv, and he's he
2: and he's tall? going to be
1: tall. How yeah. old is he? He's seven. Seven.
2: Ooh, left-footed
1: as well. So all left-footed. Man. All left. And he's a forward. He likes to score goals so um so so uh, i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure where he gets it from there you go <laughs> um, uh, after my my <laughs> might be a steward's inquiry sometime in the in not too distant future but um, no, he's so so he's we, we decided to bring him here and uh, he's got a lot of family here i haven't got much family in england so if he was going to have grandparents and aunties and uh, they are very family orientated yeah and he's, he can ski um, he's bilingual, yeah. So um, so a bit different from a kid from Bedford. Yeah. It would it would be Andrew in some ways because yeah, you know, I, I you know I think I my first skis came on when I was forty. So uh, he had his on when he was four. Or that so, dodgy um,
0: place in Hemel Hempstead we all went to. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm <never laughs> to say.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, um, thank you so much for your time.